can I'm asking lawyer Ryan Russman So the sh- don't hit the fan Or the bed um, oh. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it is a Tuesday, legal Tuesday. Buzz legal advisor attorney Ryan Russman coming in. We got the. We'll do a pop quiz with him uh, coming yeah. up a little bit after eight, which is always fun, uh, at least for us. And they're not so for him <laughs> no, in the, in the right. grocery store getting cat called by all people all over the place. Um, so you. Ryan, uh, obviously, big stories in the news. I mean, the Supreme Court. If this leaked document is accurate, you know, uh, looks like it's uh, getting prepared to overturn Roe v. Wade and. Uh, basically returning power to make those decisions to the states. Do I understand that correctly? And that is correct. And what's unprecedented, of course, is that this is a a document which never would have seen the light of day. I mean, this is something that's a draft opinion. And if, in fact, it's accurate and authentic, it does say that, you know, these decisions will be returned to the states. And right now, states across the United States are legislating laws that are making it harder and harder for women to have the choice of, of... having uh, an abortion or not and i'm it's just stunning to me because the language in it is more than just the question of abortion the way that they frame the argument opens up so many other areas for states to now legislate on such as gay rights uh sodomy laws uh gender issues and so it's really expansive beyond just the uh, question of you know roe v wade and i think that it's going to really spark a counter rights movement. Any time that there's a decision like this, they're already protesting out, overnight. Well, listen, you know when Roe v. Wade came out, there was no pro life organization prior to that. So right. when that decision came out, it organized those people, and I think this moment in time is going to organize the pro choice people, and we're going to see some really interesting, uh, you know, congressional races. It's going to come right down to state races because yeah. if it's returned to the states, your state legislature, your state senator. They actually have an impact on whether or not these uh, these measures are, are happening here in New Hampshire and across the country. How surprising is it, Ryan, that this information, this leak happened? Uh, you know, this is unprecedented. I can't think of a time in my lifetime where something like this has happened. And the concern, of course, is that when we have judges making deliberations like this, we'd like them to be able to do so where they're able to express all the views without there being concerned of judgment prior to their coming to a final conclusion. And while this is just a draft opinion, there are certainly the opportunity for justices to change their mind, to change the opinion, to it change was- the languages. And, and that is concerning because you want them to be able to have that discussion. You want them to be able to kind of marinate on the subject and come to the best conclusion. And now, of course, it's going to be driven by politics. And I'm not saying that they weren't driven before, but it's certainly going to push the dial in that, me- that it, direction. It's basically it was released to create a firestorm. And and look, I think both sides are guilty of the ridiculous things that, that, that happen like this. And I don't, I don't, both sides do it from time to time. And this is just another example of, of how everything becomes uh, political, you know. It, it Instead really of being has. legal, it becomes and, political. And that, in fact, you know, Lady Justice is <sighs> not a Republican or a Democrat. Yeah, it's uh, crazy, ridiculous, moving backwards. And what but is she? It's my, uh, my opinion. <laughs> um, well, the Supreme Court may have so some restrictions on the that. Other, the other big story is uh, uh, the whole Johnny Depp thing. The whole Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing, which is a... Which is a... I, I, well, I had to look him up because I know I thought it was a musician, but he's an actor. Well, he's it, both, no, yeah. he is, he is a, a musician. musician. Yeah. It's, okay. a defamation, it's a defamation lawsuit that is playing like some sort of weird, strung-out divorce case, and it's more about entertainment than... I mean, there were some serious allegations made in this thing oh, absolutely. that are terrible. I think that what these two people are doing is really just trying to keep themselves relevant. Uh, the, the reality is in the courtroom, yeah. you want to be concerned about the outcome. These people are concerned about what PR firm they're representing Agreed. them. 
it, it's absurd. Agreed. Uh, okay, so that's what's going on nationally, obviously, as you know. But some of your legal questions, which we can get to, you can uh, email them to greg at morningbuzz.com or laura at morningbuzz.com. Here we go. This I'll start with this one. Um, uh, Godfather, I'm going through uh, a court battle over custody with my child's father. I filed for a temporary hearing due to him breaking a court order multiple times. My question is, do I have to give my child to him for court-ordered parenting time while we are waiting for the hearing? Or is the court order null and void until we have a hearing? So if there's a temporary order in place, is the effect of having a court, it is, in fact, a court order, and you must follow it. Lots of people in this situation think, well, you know, let's change the the, the custody arrangement. Let's modify it for our own purposes. And that can actually come back to hurt you because you've changed the court order without the court actually intervening and having a say of whether or not that's in the best interest of the child. Mm -hmm. Okay. Scotty? Is there an advantage to getting a gun permit when the state doesn't require that you have one? I mean... I can't really see one uh, other than the fact that if, as you know, in New Hampshire, our legislature is more purple than red or blue. So that these issues kind of swing back and forth from term to term. If it comes to a point where a legislature switches in a different direction and there's this requirement reinstated, you already have the, the uh, concealed permit carry in your possession. You don't have to go out and get one. But at this stage, yeah, you once know, you get one, unless you screw up, yeah, you, you can keep it. Yeah. And then that's that's really an important right. thing to, to memorize, to know. Go ahead, Laura. Can the state be held accountable for something that happened to us? An inspector from the state signed off on work that had been done at our house um, as completed properly. We have since discovered the work had never been completed at all. And when we asked the department head, he's replied that sometimes the inspectors and contractors are buddies and they'll just sign off on work without it actually being done or completed. We've Uh-oh. now had to pay another company thousands of dollars to finish what the state verified was completed. Can the state be held responsible for falsifying this certificate? Well, it's an interesting question. In the state of New Hampshire, as in most states, they have something called sovereign immunity, where it goes back to the time of the king. You couldn't sue the king. There are limitations on how far you can sue state governments and city governments. But, of course, if you can show that they were negligent and the type of negligence that applies, you may be able to pierce that in some limited way. But, again, the real recourse is not necessarily against the state, but is against the contractor who didn't fulfill the contract requirements. Hopefully you have an action where it's spelled out in the four corners of what you and the contractor were supposed to do. And just as a tip for the public, you know, when you have changes in your contract between your contractor and yourself, Make sure there's a written change order. Those sorts of things will maintain and preserve the relationship between you and them because it will reflect the changes that are made a course over the course of the building. Sometimes you know the person. You know, you know them. You, they give you your word, their word, and you trust them because you've known them. But that doesn't mean that it, could go, it won't go south. So by getting something in writing, you know, uh, you're kind of you're kind of protecting each other. Absolutely. It's kind of like a prenuptial agreement. Yeah. It, but it's easier to convince uh, than a woman <laughs> like, you're, like you're, you're controlling your life to. Yes, it uh, is. I have I a uh, if I have a beware of dog sign on my property and my dog bites a delivery person, can I be held liable? What if my dog bites a trespasser? Does the reason the person is on my property determine my liability? It can have an effect on the liability. The Unfortunately, these are often fact-driven questions. So putting the party on notice that there is, in fact, a a dangerous animal on the property certainly has some limited limitation on what they can do to you. However, however, 
doesn't necessarily mean that you have complete immunity or shields you from any protection. Again, you as a responsible dog owner, you mean, need to make sure that it's properly restrained in a manner for even if it's on your property, it's not going to necessarily harm other people. So that could have a limiting effect on your liability, but it's not going to necessarily prevent you from being sued. So if somebody breaks into my house. And my dog chews their leg off, off. deservedly off. so. Chews it off, gone. That's that's eats a, it, that's, whole thing. That's a big dog. That's am I blood uh, pumping? Am I? Nothing. Am I liable? Could I be held liable even if it's just a dog bite? In that circumstance, I don't see how any lawyer in the state would ever take that case. And in the real question, somebody will. I yeah, I really don't know. I mean, I hate that. I would like to think that as lawyers, we're guardians of our the system that we work in, and that we would look at these situations and educate the the prospective client on where liability begins I, and ends. I, I would hope so. And what a jury would ultimately say. I would hope so. But, you know, sometimes the Pop-Tart's too hot. And it's uh, I put it out and I burn myself. But I got to sue somebody because the Pop-Tart's too hot. That stuff happens. Yeah, but let me tell you something. Sometimes people run into into, into a light post in grocery store shopping lots that have been there forever. And then get they sue because the light post is there and they Ryan. win. You know, but the, the reality is this. That it's true. You're, you're kind of referring to that coffee case where the McDonald's cup fell on this woman. No, I was referring to a, pay, a, a case near a town that I live in where it was a Pop-Tart. It was a Pop-Tart. I'm not kidding. Well, I mean, but again, the was the famous. That was the famous, famous one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the famous one. And, and what people don't know about that story is that that woman suffered third degree. I'm not burns. talking her about that story. Melted I, off her body. I get it, but I'm not Coffee talking about that. You shouldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> All right, Scotty, go ahead. Is it really illegal to carry your prescription drugs without the bottle? Is there a legal way to do so? So that's a great question. I've actually seen this. You have to keep it in the prescription bottle. You know those little packets that say Monday through Friday? Yeah, or, you can't you know, do it. You know, so every, uh, you know, parent, you know, the grandparent has got these boxes in there in, out there with your prescribed medication. Oh and guess what? No way. There's statutes that say that they have to be in the original container. And, the, of course, the rationale behind that is they want to see that, the, in fact, you're in possession of a prescription that's given to you, that, in fact, you're using it in accordance with what has been prescribed. But, in fact, that is... Uh, I heard that because so, like when I go on vacation, <clears throat> what I take everybody, I know what everybody takes for medicine. I'll put it in one bottle and I'm like, if I ever get no in bueno. trouble, I get in yeah, trouble, but I know what everybody takes. I'm just like, I bring enough for the week and everybody's five doses or whatever and nope. Even worse though is the fact that you have other people's prescriptions on your person. So it's not just that they're out of the bottle, but in fact you're <laughs> carrying other people's drugs. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, sometimes when I travel, um, I just throw some Advil in a baggie. Like I just throw them because I don't want to bring a bottle. But if I know well, I need, I maybe look at that's not a. But, but this is not a prescribed control. No, no, no. I know that. But sometimes you look at it. Let's say it's a non-name brand, oh, and they absolutely. look at it, they don't know what it is. And so right? you know, policemen they have they have resources. Obviously, the internet has yeah. been very helpful in terms of determining these substances. But yeah, I mean, you have to be really thoughtful about how you package your drugs. Can the new owners of an apartment building in New Hampshire evict all six tenants just to renovate the building and then raise the rent significantly? I have a lease that's not up until December. That's not there's not many available apartments in New Hampshire. The building is old and definitely not up to code. The previous landlord wouldn't respond to any repair requests. So RSA 540A, which is the statute which talks about landlord tenant law, oh, we know. Well, and I know, and I know you do. <laughs> I know, so, uh, but I, 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 I know. Don't you hate it when I he know. does? He just I, I know. I, I know I, how I, you I, have I, to break I, it down I, for the dumb people. Well, I'm not listening. There's lots of love in this room. I just want you to know there really is. You know, even though I'm the one that takes it on the chin with the pop quiz, there's lots of love. But the reality is, when you have a, a situation like this, it's it's governed by the four corners of your lease agreement. 
And in that circumstance, you want to look at your lease and see how it's drafted so that if there are a lease term that's being violated mm-hmm. or your landlord's violating the terms of lease, you can have court action. Okay, one more, Scott. One more, Laura. Go ahead. Real okay. Quick. Uh, when I was 13, my biological father gave up rights to me and my brother. We got adopted by our stepdad. My brother tried reaching out to get medical history now that he has children. Well, he's since passed away. He had no children, never been remarried. Does that make us the closest living relative? I don't want to come across as I'm only carrying out the money because I don't want his money. But if we could give it to my nephews to start a life, that would be great. So what I'd like to do is answer that question off air because there's a lot of kind of contingencies through that process. So I'm happy to have the email it to me and I'm, I'll okay. answer it. There's a lot of tentacles to that octopus is what he's saying. We can't roast that right there. Ryan at RussmanLaw.com. All right, there you go. You can now always email the counselor yourself. We'll be back with Ryan, the pop quiz, and more of your questions next.